seated on naked eye. I gotta cut the cord and fall away. That instinct I can justify. And on, please. Dumois has the whole what story. Did, did you it? hear what Dumois, Dumois said? Who is it? Oh, can you believe this blind item? Dumois was on that story a long time Sunday ago. Sunday means celeb sightings with Dumois. I, just Dumois. I cannot believe what I just read about I on Dumois. More. I need to hear more. Hello, and welcome to Do You, the show where you'll hear all the latest in celeb gossip and special exclusives that are not shared on my Instagram or anywhere else. I'll be your guide into the world of celeb news, sightings, and secrets. I will be giving you all of the information I have on your favorite topics every week. This week, you'll hear all about Taylor Swift's concert in Brazil, the allegations against P. Diddy, Angelina Jolie, and Brad Pitt, a Bobby Burke Queer Eye update, a little more info on Harry Styles' infamous shaved head, dating updates for both Sebastian Stan and Annabelle Wallace, and Kendall Jenner and Bad Bunny, plus much more. We're talking about all of this with PR and crisis management expert Molly McPherson. Molly gives her take on all these situations from a crisis PR perspective, and it's fascinating. Let's get started. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all of their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all new season of the Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Before we dive into the latest celebrity intel, let's talk about a different kind of drama, the kind that involves our furry co-stars, our pets. I wanted to share a message from our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, who is here to help with unexpected veterinary bills. What's that? Well, with Spot Pet Insurance, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills. You you would need that. Yeah. Saving up to 90% on vet bills sounds fantastic. (laughs) It sure is. And get this, spot pet insurance plans cover not only unexpected accidents and illnesses, but also offers an optional preventative care benefit. It can help with the cost of routine wellness, vaccines, and more. Is it pricey? Probably less expensive than a surprise $1,800 vet bill. And you know what that's like. It's not pretty. Just head over to spotpet.com for a free quote. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductibles, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com forward slash sample dash policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence, American Insurance Company, or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Do You. Hey, Ferris. Hey there. How you doing? Great. How are you? I am so excited for this episode because we have as our guest Molly McPherson, who is a PR and crisis management expert, a podcaster and an internet personality. But today of all days, we are going to be talking about three huge celebrity 
crises. Is that the right word? Crises. Crises. Um, and we are going to get Molly's take. So welcome to the podcast, Molly. Yes. Uh, a PR crisis is all about timing. So I think it's fortuitous that I'm speaking with you today. I'm excited. I know because, you know, we could have just been running down our usual list of topics, which is like, you know, so-and-so broke up or so-and-so is dating, but this is so much more intense. So I'm so happy to have you help us navigate through these three like really really serious topics yeah yeah Yeah. so we're gonna get we're gonna get started right away the first thing we are going to be talking about Ferris is what Taylor Swift and her tour down in Brazil so people put out an article with the headline on Saturday that read Taylor Swift says she is quote devastated after fan dies shortly before Brazil heiress tour show Friday Right. So People Magazine is stating that a fan, if for, if you guys aren't filled in on this, you were supposed to fill them in. Oh, you so just, sorry like, there. Right <laughs> I'm sorry. I figured like that the most popular person in America, everyone just knows. Okay. Oh, right. so sorry. So a fan so sorry. passed away tragically. Yeah, correct. Um, and People Magazine is stating that it happened before the show. I think that there are a lot of Brazilian fans that are challenging this sentiment, the um, timing of it, the timing of it. Someone actually messaged me and said about Taylor and the fan that died in her concert. The girl died during her concert. By the way, the girl's name is Anna. Um, Taylor's PR is spreading this false narrative that the girl died before the concert. That's not true. Her friend said she started feeling sick during Taylor's second song. The fans in Brazil are very disappointed with Taylor and her producers. They didn't even help the girl's family to bring her body home or with the funeral. An investigation is taking place in Brazil because the production company is accused of blocking the ventilation in the stadium so that people outside wouldn't be able to watch the concert. This is what made the stadium even hotter than it was outside. The other thing is that they only gave water once during the concert. Um, I'm assuming that means they only offered water for sale once during the concert. I'm not really sure. I've never been to a concert in Brazil. Um, They didn't let people enter the stadium with their own water bottle. I can send you the articles in Portuguese if you want. So they did send me one article in Portuguese. We did have um, someone who is Brazilian translated. What did it say? So here's a loose translation of the post from the Brazilian publication. Taylor Swift ignores the death of a fan. That's the headline. That is the headline. On the second show, she didn't say anything about the fan. Um, After she postponed Saturday's concert, she came back to the stadium on Sunday. The performance happened the day after the fan died, and she didn't mention anything about this fan. Right. And then the third part of this is that some Brazilian fans had planned to hold up signs at the concert the day after or two days after Anna passed in memory of Anna. And they were going to do this in between champagne problems and whatever song she sings after that. But for whatever reason, Taylor went right into the, into the next song and there wasn't a break in between champagne problems and the song that she usually sings after it. So now fans are speculating that, her team did this on purpose. So there's a lot of speculation going on. There's a lot of divide. You know, I did post a little bit about this. Um, Some fans are saying 
Taylor, speak up. Why aren't you speaking up more? Why aren't you doing something to help the family? Some other fans are saying it's totally the production company's fault. Taylor should not be to blame. Molly, what is your take? I want your full take on this. How should Taylor handle this going forward? What should she have done differently up until now? Well, do I will say we must have the same people dropping into our DMs because I almost had the same uh, post for word uh, come into uh, my my inbox as well. Uh, I did, you know, a, a live last night on TikTok and talked extensively about this. You know, of course, it's it's tragic. It's, you know, the death of anyone, you know, particularly at a concert, a Taylor Swift concert. It's tragic for for Anna Clara Benitez. It's for her family and also for all these Swifty fans everywhere. I mean, it really is like a jarring um, stop to what everybody has forgotten about, which is Taylor and Travis. It brought it to a dead halt. So now when a death like this happens um, at a concert, what I have been saying to people on the live or, you know, on my Patreon, whatever it is, what Taylor has to do when there's a PR crisis, if there are any type of legal implications involved, legal, legal always comes first over reputation 100% of the time. So uh, speculating as well, what is likely happen, happening behind the scenes is Taylor as a company is working with the venue, with legal. She probably has hired legal counsel um, in Brazil to sort through what happened and who's going to be implicated on it and where the liability falls. I mean, certainly no one is suggesting that Taylor Swift cause the death of this fan. However, there's going to be questions, you know, on the rider. What does the contract say? Who has control of, of deciding when to call a concert or not? If, it, if the conditions are dangerous, nobody knows that right now. So likely behind the scenes, lawyers are figuring that out. From a public relations crisis perspective, that's secondary, but what she is trying to do along, you know, her team and Tree Payne, what they're trying to do is control the narrative as much as they can. And where we saw this happen is when the story, you know, happened from Friday night into Saturday morning, where I first noticed it is just from Taylor Swift's Instagram story post. That is where we see the first indication that Taylor Swift, Team Taylor Swift, was trying to control that narrative. And I'm actually surprised by it. Now, we don't know. Maybe someone said something to Taylor, though. I, I you know, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt, but I'm not sure. It's the fact that she chose in the first graph of that statement to say that I that she was devastated that there was a fan that was lost before the show. That was a very direct statement and a choice to put that, not just in the statement, but in the first graph of the statement, when clearly we know, even from Anna's best friend, she was there. And like you said, do it was the second show. Now, what usually happens in a crisis when one bad thing happens, it's like the dominoes start to fall, you know, and that's when people start to speculate and to look at what's happening here. I, I know that people are upset, you know, in Brazil, why isn't she saying anything? Why, you know, and in the statement, she also said, I am not speaking from the stage about this. These are all strategic moves that are there to protect the reputation because this is not going as planned because not only has she lost the narrative in Brazil with the fans, she was supposed to be in, uh, in the U.S. It's Monday Night Football. 
This was the big day for the NFL and for Taylor and for Travis Kelsey to all come together and and reveal the parents, you know, together at the game. So watching that game and seeing no Taylor there and them mentioning it, it really shows what a big crisis this is all around. Yes. And I do think that that was the right move. I mean, well, she couldn't have been at the game, but even let's yeah, say cause she was at the concert. Right. Yeah. But let's say, let's say Molly that there was no concert and she was in the U S do you think she should have showed her face at that game? I- I'm going to say no, but what, oh, what absolutely not. No. Right. Yeah. She, she definitely did not. And I think the timing of it is so bad too, because even last night, if you were to, if you were to uh, call up this story on the internet or even on people magazine, the, the number two trending story was Travis Kelsey in the wall street journal magazine, you know, likely coordinated by Taylor's team to put him in there. And that entire article is framed <laughs> to make it all about the fairy tale connection between the two. What I thought was interesting is that Travis Kelsey is starting to dance around exactly how he met with Taylor in the first place. It wasn't so organic. Like he admitted that there were intermediaries involved, but the number one trending story was Anna's father who could not pay for her body to be shipped back home. That is devastating in the public relations sense. So I can assume that behind the scenes, Taylor's team right now, they are in a mode where they are trying to control the narrative. And you can even see it in its most in the most recent stories. You look at Taylor now and you Google it, she's they're going to the old standby wardrobe malfunctions. Like that's the news that they're pushing out there. Right. So they're trying hard to make the story go away. Well, let me ask you this. Well, uh, first of all, let me say that the wall, the Wall Street Journal article, I, I think it's I think it's important to say, even though this is obvious, was was written months before this tragedy. Oh, oh absolutely. But the, the timing of the drop could not have been worse. Right. Or or better, you're saying, because you're saying. No, it, it, I mean, really worse, because when you look at these two stories side by side, the death of a fan at Taylor Swift's concert sit, standing next next to a, a profile about Travis Kelsey and these fancy clothes in this photo shoot, the contrast could not be worse from a reputation PR perspective. Right, right. I see what you're saying. Now, as far as like her team pushing out these, you know, but like stupid things about her, you know, (laughs) her shoe. Do you really think that tree is actively pushing out these stories or is she just so clickable right now? Her and, and Travis so clickable right now that they're reporting on literally every move they make, because I know, and I've said this a million times, whenever I create a reel about Taylor and Travis, it goes viral. It doesn't even matter what it's about. So my my thing is that I think that um, Instagram and TikTok push out that content independently of anything that Tree Payne would ever conjure up behind the scenes. I I just think that it's now its own it's it's its own working machine. They don't even need need Tree. They don't even need her team pushing this out. It's it's now like this self sustaining machine of Taylor and Travis information because people can't get enough. They'll read any article about either of them that it doesn't mm-hmm. even need to be this premeditated. I agree with you one hundred percent that the content 
mixed with the algorithm is so intense and so powerful right now that it that it has become its own self-propelled machine. I agree with you 100%. But in my work, I look for patterns. I look for timing. And it's the timing of the stories and how simple and silly these stories are coming out at the same time that they're launch that they're hard launching the Travis, you know, Taylor package. Like we've seen them for months now, but now we're really seeing the culmination of the Travis and Taylor kind of come together with that Wall Street Journal article. Um, but I really do think that there are intentional uh, spun stories that are being put out there, at least being pointed in the direction for the purpose of creating even more internet clutter to try and make the stories, tamp down the stories out of Brazil. Right. In your opinion, what do you think her next move should be? Once all the legal stuff is figured out, do you think that she should make a monetary contribution to the family? Because that is something that people have pointed out in my DMs. Like she's a billionaire. She couldn't even pay for the body to be transported. She should have paid for the funeral. The, the family had to put up a GoFundMe and the, and the fans paid. Mm -hmm. Like they're upset about that aspect of it too. Do you mm -hmm. think that that is something a celebrity would do and make public? Well, you know, it depends. You know, in, in Taylor's case, I, I, I mean, I can say, we can all say this looking at it. Taylor Swift did not have a direct hand in the death of that fan. Okay. So she shouldn't be blamed for that death. But we do not know how her company and the production and the heiress tours, if there's any type of liability there. That's what it all comes down to. Taylor Swift cannot do anything or make any connection to that family whatsoever while they are looking at the legal liabilities. Yes. Because say if it Taylor louder. Swift gave money, louder for the that's influencing. The she can't do that. No, say it louder because I think that I think that I understand that. I think you understand that. I think a handful of, you know, like-minded individuals understand that. But I think that the fan base as a whole does not understand that. They don't get that. That's that, that's what she needs to wait for. She needs to get the green light probably on so many different aspects of mm -hmm. what happened before she can do anything. And actually, the number one thing I said to people who were upset and in my DMs is give her a minute. Give her time. Let's wait and see what she really does do. Yes, I there is no doubt that Taylor Swift will do something. T Taylor Swift never leaves anything on the table ever. The only true misstep that I've really seen her make as far as like a true professional reputation situation was the jet story. Cause there, I thought there were so many other avenues and talking points that they could have used to make that jet story go away, but they didn't, they, they kind of bungled that one. So they, they don't want to mess this one up because this one involves a fatality and it's so incredibly important. What I think Taylor's going to do is I don't necessarily think she's going to do anything at the direct level for Anna's family. She could do something privately. I don't see her leveraging any type of gift, whether it's monetary or reaching out to the family, I don't see her leveraging that because that would blow back in her face. I believe that she's going to take a tact like Ticketmaster, that she may now be the artist who speaks out on fan safety, something along those lines. I mean, because Ticketmaster dynamic pricing, that got to the point where it got up to Congress and now it's like the Taylor Swift bill. Right. That's just my gut tells me she's going to come at it from that level. So this crisis will go away and people will not associate her with fan deaths.
Yeah, I think that that's actually a really, really, really good point. I'm so glad you said that. I do. I agree with you. I think that she will do something on a bigger level and maybe something privately for the family. I think everyone needs to just like take a minute. You know, yes, it's a tragedy. It's horrible. Um, it's. I think it's hard for people to differentiate you know, the fact all the, all the different things that you said, all the details of this tragedy and her, right? Like people are just automatically pointing their finger at Taylor because they don't know where else to point it to. Exactly. There's, and there's no, and there's not a lot of answers there. There's I mean, not a lot of answers, there's, there's yeah. a statement, you know, from the venue, but it's, it's not making the pain go away. So when you have a fervent group of people like Swifties, it doesn't matter who the group is when there aren't answers, it leaves them unsettled and they need to get settled and there's no answers. So, and unfortunately, Taylor can't say anything. Her hands are tied. Her hands are tied. Yeah, I think that that is a really important takeaway from this part of the podcast. Um, And I just want everyone to know, all her Brazilian fans who've reached out to me, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to save this discussion for the podcast, and I'm so happy you're here, Molly, again. I'll say it again. I didn't really post about it in depth on my Instagram account because I felt like this was something that needed to be talked out. So if you are a fan who reached out to me and saw the coverage on Instagram, know that, y- you know, yes, I realized it, it wasn't extensive. I was waiting for the podcast to talk about this with Molly. So Molly, thank you so much for your insight on this. I think it's, it's really important that we listen to everything that you said. It makes perfect sense. It was, the, I'm not a PR crisis manager, but just from, you know, kind of being in this world the past four years, like I mm-hmm. thought all the same things that you thought in my head. And that's what I was trying to comfort people by telling them just like, give it a minute, you know, see what she does, because I agree with you. She's not one to, to, to leave things on the table. She's not. Right. Yeah. So we'll see how these, the, the, how this plays out. And I agree with you as well. Like I have so many people contacting me from Brazil and telling, you know, the real story there. So there is a lot of pain down in Brazil. There is mm-hmm. no doubt, but you're absolutely right. And I think we agree on this in the end, Taylor will do something to make it all right. Ferris, what do you think one of the biggest health challenges? Oh, for sure. Weight management. Exactly. Yo-yo dieting, losing weight, putting it back on. Trying the latest fad, it not working. Exactly. Feeling like a failure. Feeling like a failure is the worst feeling when it comes to weight loss. And then getting discouraged. What if I told you I knew of something that could help with this? I would 100% want to know. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. That's amazing. And I love how it's over a year. That's so important for sustainability. Exactly. The slow weight loss. The slow burn. (laughs) Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. Roe Body Program members have support throughout the process. Roe's partner handles all of the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. You can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. This means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting room. That sounds amazing, especially for parents not having to... Yeah. Leave home. Or people that work. Yeah. Having to get that appointment. How convenient. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year, like I said, with healthy lifestyle changes. It's important to note that you do have to 
pair both. Um, BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash do. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash D-E-U-X. What's next, Ferris? Diddy controversies. Okay, so let us give you a little bit of background about this. First of all, I want to bring up someone who has been all over TikTok. I'm going to say for the past year. Her name's Jaguar Wright. Are you familiar with her, Molly? No, I'm not, but I'm oh. Googling right now. Oh. oh, She's got things to say. She has a lot of things to say. I've actually been down many a Jaguar Wright rabbit hole in the early, early hours of the morning on TikTok. She's been speaking out about the rap and hip hop community quite extensively over the past year on various different podcasts. There is a TikTok clip that is going viral right now. Um, We took some excerpts from the clip uh, just to give you guys a little sense of the things that she talks about. This is a quote from the clip. Jaguar states, Uptown Records started with five people, Andre Harrell, Albie Shore, Heavy D, and Puffy. Kim Porter was the longest working employee because she was there from the beginning as Andre's personal assistant. Kim is dead. Heavy D is dead. Andre Harrell is dead. The only two left are Puffy and Albie Shore. And Albie Shore almost died. What did all these people have in common? This is a quote from Jaguar. This is not me saying it. Just want to go on record saying this is Jaguar is alleging. Um, what, did all, what did all these people have in common? They were all writing tell-all books. Okay? And three are dead. One almost died. And Puffy's the only one standing. At the end of this clip, she brings up Cassie, which is why I'm bringing up this clip. She says that Cassie was getting, quote, $500,000 a month from Diddy. And then the host of the podcast says that Diddy eventually cut that in half and it was only $250,000 a month. So then Jaguar asks the rhetorical question, what was going on that would make Cassie give up all that money? Well, now we know what was going on because last week it was made public that Cassie sued Diddy in federal court. She alleged that she was subjected to a pattern of control and abuse for over a decade. Diddy denied these allegations. She further alleges that Diddy plied her with drugs, beat her, and forced her to have sex with a succession of prostitutes while he filmed the encounters. Near the end of their relationship in 2018, the suit also states that Diddy forced himself into her home and raped her. So, of course, when people heard this news, everyone was flooding my DMs. Did I know? Had I known? Had I heard anything about this? There was a blind item from two years ago. It was submitted really, really early on when I started the account in 2020. I'll read it to you. It says a friend of mine. Okay. By the way, this is a blind item that was submitted to my account. A friend of mine was dating a super high end gigolo, like for the super wealthy celebrities, etc. 
When this rapper was with his girlfriend, he would hire this guy and pay him to have sex with his girlfriend so rapper could watch. Not surprised and not really all that shocking, but like low-key interesting. So this was obviously about Cassie and Diddy. I had posted it to my subscriber feed just out of the blue like two weeks ago, and Instagram took it down. Now I'm thinking Mm. they took it down because it says the word gigolo. Because maybe that word is recognized as something you can't talk about in subscriber content. They have a lot of really strict rules in uh, for subscribers. I don't know if you have a subscription. Yeah, that make well, uh, that makes sense when you get into any transactional conversation. Yeah, so they took down this blind item, but just randomly out of nowhere, I dug it out of the vault and posted it for my subscribers. But it was also revealed on a podcast episode in 2022 as being about Diddy and Cassie. So to answer everyone's question, yes, I had heard this. I didn't know that it was to the extent that he was allegedly beating her and raping her. I thought maybe it was just like some kinky sex thing that they did together. Somebody else messaged me yesterday and said that the whole situation between Diddy and Cassie wasn't fast. And they're saying this because she settled like a week after the information come out, came out, the lawsuit settled. So he obviously paid Mm -hmm. her and now she stopped talking about it. But this person is saying it wasn't fast. This has been happening out of the press for a bit. Diddy's ego wouldn't let him pay and he didn't think she'd actually go public. So she got way more than she was originally asking for and his private business came to light. What do you think about that tactic, Molly? So this person is saying that this has been going on behind the scenes, this lawsuit. He wasn't giving her what she wanted in the lawsuit. So she said, fuck that, went public, got what she wanted, and now it's settled. Yeah, the Diddy case. Um, I'm, you know, I'm like you. I, I, I'm cautious when I talk about it. And I have an interview with, you know, a legacy media outlet uh, tomorrow about Diddy. And I was thinking, do I want to wade even into this conversation? But part of the conversation that I do think is interesting now, just the history of of Diddy and what he's known for, and just going into that culture. Uh, it, it is interesting that he is someone who is regarded as a name. He has power. It's almost like they're organized family. You know, if you will, you have Diddy and you have Jay-Z. Um, but he hasn't had hits. You know, you can't associate with him with music. He's actually just associated with being this powerful thug. So we know that he has a long history. Like I've been following Diddy all the way back to J-Lo. I mean, this guy has had control over women for a long, long time. What I think is different about this particular situation is that Cassie is almost 20 years younger than him. And why that matters in the world that we're in now is we have social media, we have retribution, we have, it's not he he said, she said anymore. It's, you know, whereas Me Too was, you know, mostly like a Twitter crisis. Now with the, with the, you know, just the sheer number of people who are chiming in like Jaguar, like you mentioned about the past, Cassie knew that she had public opinion on her side. She knew that there was so much underneath there that she probably felt that now was the safest time to do it because she had them locked and nailed. So that's, I think is what the big difference is right now in this Diddy case. 
So timing. It was all about timing for her. Again, it's timing and age and age because younger people understand how to weaponize social media. So whether it's vigilantism or whether it's self-defense, I mean, women do this all the time. Look what happened to Jonah Hill and his girlfriend, you know, Sarah Hansen, like, or Brady, you know, people understand how to use it and, and weaponize it. So I think she used it though, as a, a method of self-protection um, because Diddy is so incredibly strong and he has so many beefs against other rappers and he also is someone who wants to be accepted like when you think of the diddy like the white party and like he wants to be known as a name and accepted as you know just this brand as someone who's incredibly powerful yet a lot of rappers have a pro you know have problem with them and even like cassie be involved with kid cuddy and then he you know allegedly like blows up kid cuddy's car it seems like all of the tactics that diddy relied on for so many years now no longer work they're not as effective and cassie found a way out and she did it yeah wow that like sums it up perfectly i mean if people really want to hear some of the deep dark stuff that goes on in the hip hop world. Just Google Jaguar, right? She talks extensively about it. And I'm wondering if she's so vocal about it because she knows if something happens to her, they know who to look at because. Oh, absolutely. And like you, I'm getting all the Diddy stuff in my EM, my DMS as well. You know, this has been since, you know, tracking the same time as Taylor Swift and all the stories that are coming out. And I, and I work with a client in, in black entertainment and my colleagues there, you know, keep me kind of well-versed. And we've been talking about Diddy, uh, all weekend. And, and just because I've been so familiar with him, I really think that is the difference is, is just it's it's that Cassie found strength in something and she clearly had something on Diddy that could not come out in the public. And so that's why there was some transaction, NDAs, you know, this thing is locked down so it doesn't come out. But this is this was really uh, damaging to Diddy, I think. Oh, for sure. Because I think that, like you said, a lot of people in the industry have been hearing about this for years. But, you know, mass on a mass level, people didn't maybe didn't know this about Diddy. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. With the coverage of Kim Porter, you know, no one ever, no one ever, you know, implied or, you know, that there was, you know, because, you know, when people write, whether it's gossip or news stories or like the New York Post, they can write it in a way where it appears that Diddy may have had a hand in some things. But back then it was never like that because Diddy would invite the media to his mm -hmm. white party. You know, he's out in the Hamptons like he is hobnobbing with the people who can control narratives. Mm -hmm. But now what's happened in this day and age, the press and editors and fixers and lawyers, they can't control public opinion anymore. Right. Social media controls it. And they and Diddy lost all his footing, lost all his power. That's such a good point. I didn't even think about that side of it, like how she went public for that reason. Like that was her strongest card. It's so smart. In this hand was to play, was to to go public with the information. Now, in the lawsuit, the part of the lawsuit that was even, you know, made public, the abuse, the rape, and um, I think it also alleged that he may, uh, forced her to have sex with prostitutes, which mm -hmm. was the rumor that I heard. If that's just what we're hearing, there's probably so much more. Oh, it's probably 
awful. Awful. What has yeah. what she's been dealing with. And and time moves so quickly in this world. And to be honest, like I am submitting my book proposal. And really the focus is how the media landscape has changed so much and has empowered people like Cassie to come out because you know, when Kim Porter died, it was uh, 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that long ago, but it was a long time ago in social media, digital mm -hmm. media, um, and the public harnessing the power of that. It was like a lifetime ago. Right. So that's what I think is on Cassie's side, mm -hmm. um, as well as likely probably having something on Diddy. 100%, because I feel like that we've seen this happen a lot since 2020 um chris noth is someone that yes. was exposed um mm -hmm. there was who else i'm trying to think well army hammer yeah that's what i was thinking. army hammer right yep. and I, I think a couple of other male celebrities mm -hmm. as well i'm trying to think off the top of my head yeah um, but i feel like this diddy situation is is different like and people are going to be like, well, what did she have? What does she have on them? You know, because we're we're being very vague and elusive. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. We I don't want to get in this no, mix. Right. But people know. I mean, it goes back years, you years. Know, East Coast, West Coast rivalry. It goes yes. to Tupac. I yes. mean, it, things go back so far. There's a lot of things that that could be unearthed, you know, in in the years that he has been, you know, in kind of the mainstream uh, conversation. So I don't think it takes much of what she found out that she was able to hold over him. Right. I agree with that. And you know what? It, I mean, it could be something she could have proof on something that really like you like you just kind of said doesn't have anything to do with her. Or you're absolutely right. Or it could it could be something as simple as even taxes. Right. Exactly. You know, hiding money. Exactly. You know, we don't know. Right. We don't know. But I think just based on all the moves that she had leverage and she knew it. And then she knew that she could go to social media and, and, and weaponize that against them. And it worked. And she worked with, you know, the government, you know, she was able to make something happen. Well, it's now, a new playbook. Yeah. I'm curious what kind of settlement she got. What are you thinking? Are you thinking eight figures? Oh, she got a settlement. I mean, imagine what she went through. Right. I mean, just what you're reading. Imagine someone going through that. No, I know. So I'm thinking like definitely more than seven figures. Oh, yeah. Like, I think he took a it, there, there's a real dent in Diddy's pocketbook right wow. now from this. Wow. Well, they're going to do yeah, that, that's what that's what happens <laughs> when you uh, when you're when you're Puff Daddy, I guess. Um, yeah. OK, what is next? OK, right. our next one involves Pax Jolie Pitt. So just yesterday, the Daily Mail published this article seemingly out of the blue. And it read Pax Jolie Pitt once blasted, quote, despicable dad Brad Pitt as, quote, world class a-hole in Father's Day rant. So I have the Instagram post here and the post was from Father's Day 2020. It was accompanied with a picture of Brad Pitt accepting the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor at the time, I believe from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And, um, the post said, quote, happy Father's Day to this world class a-hole. You time and time again, prove yourself to be a terrible and despicable person. You have no consideration or empathy toward your four youngest children who tremble in fear when in your presence. You have made the lives of those closest to me a constant hell. You may tell yourself and the world whatever you want, but the truth will come to light someday. 
So happy Father's Day, you fucking awful human being. I've been waiting to say that all podcast. <laughs> it's so relatable. It feels so good. Like, I you wanted to say that uh, to your parents. I'm sure everyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so vindicating. So thanks, Pax, for that. For that. Well, the thing. Okay, so the weird thing about this is that that post that Ferris just read was posted in 2020. So why is Daily Mail? posting an article now three years later later with this quote you know people aren't stupid people in the q a yesterday asked why is the screenshot being published now it's a few years old um i went to a couple people to get their opinion on it you know it's not a secret i think that brad pitt doesn't have the best relationship with some of his children i think i said last week in a podcast episode that he does see his kids and then i had to later clarify that I met his biological kids. Right. I don't this was think last week. Yeah, yeah. Last week, because I did hear that. I did hear that he does see his um, biological kids. I didn't know about his, his adopted kids, but clearly there's still some animosity <laughs> yeah. there. Um, somebody tells me Pax and Maddox have never liked Brad. He and Angelina have two different parenting styles. Brad would be gone doing some movies and Angelina would let them run wild and like draw on the walls and stuff. When Brad would get home, he would be like, what the fuck? And yell at them slash tell them to stop. And Angelina would say he's not letting them be who they are, express themselves. Their nannies have all spoken out about this as well as former bodyguards. They'd all say how vicious Angelina was to Brad and how she'd try and turn the kids on him. 2019, Brad was doing well amidst Angelina's smear campaign. Her tactics weren't working and it pissed her off. Pax and Maddox are like her little bodyguards and they fled to her side. Okay. By the way, I have to say this because I don't know. I've said this a million times. Angelina Jolie has a really sort of passionate fan base. Um, they get confused. Okay. That's not me saying these things about Angelina Jolie. Okay. I don't have a problem with her. This is this person's Intel slash take on this situation. I feel like I need to make that clear because I'm about to get a slew of vicious messages about how I hate Angelina Jolie. I do not hate Angelina Jolie. Okay. I need to like go on record saying that now, Molly, why is this coming out now? Well, I will go back to what I said earlier, uh, crisis communication. It's all about timing. Whenever you see a story and you wonder why that story's there and it's out of sync, you just have to assume um, in many times, in many cases with celebrities, that it was strategically placed there for a reason. The Angelina uh, Brad Pitt story really comes down to a very sad uh, reality that happens not just in the celebrity world, but in the regular world. And, you know, the same thing that Angelina and Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt are going through are the same thing that happens down the street and to your best friends. People get divorced. But divorce in the celebrity world is one of those great equalizers. You cannot PR fix or PR handle a divorce when there is so much acrimony. It just gets away from you. Case in point, Joe Jonas. Okay. It got away from them because you're mixing strategy, money with 
anger. And I think at the core of this is that Angelina and Brad are so angry at each other. Uh, and particularly, I would assume that Angelina is, is more angry at this point because she's the one that likely could have been wronged by all this just based on her behavior when it comes to divorce. And I do have like intimate knowledge in this. Brad's take and Brad's spin on this, as you've noticed, and I know that you've talked about this, he's more chill. He just kind of shows up at these moments. It might be at an award show or it might be at one particular red carpet. He's still being framed as this chill, cool dude, kind of like, you know, Billy Bean in Moneyball. You know, like kind of like he has his problems, but, you know, deep down, he's a he's a decent guy. But Angelina Jolie, you know, you see some of these moves, you know, in their divorce where she sold, you know, half the winery and this divorce is going on and on and on. It's like not settling. So what it appears to be. And again, this is just from my point of view of I'm purely speculating on this, looking at, you know, PR moves and I've been tracking this for a while. Not only is did this story about Pax's uh, Instagram post came up. There's also press about, you know, Angelina showing showing up at uh, Zahara's sorority luncheon at Spelman College. So, you know, that's dropped in People Magazine. And again, it's timing. They're both happening at the same time. So I think it's a way for her to strategically, um, you know, suggest and remind people that these kids are aligned with me. But it's the kids and, and Pax, remember, going back, Angelina adopted Pax and Maddox, you know, Brad was after the fact. So it, it, you could see from Brad's point of view, uh, why he would be connected to his, to the, um, his biological children and not the ones who Angelina, uh, you know, who she has control of right now. This is just a situation where anger has, is now stronger than the strategy, I think. But why now do you think that there's like something coming up like a court date or? Yes. Great question. Yes. There is something pending. So there must be another settlement on the table. There may be another mediation. There's something that's happening now that Angelina is maybe ramping up publicity to paint him in a negative light because they both have a ton of money. Because usually in divorce, what's weaponized is money. In regular people divorce, it's money. But when everybody has money, when both sides have money, you weaponize reputation. And she wants to rep, you know, so she's going after Brad's reputation. That's what this is. This is, a, it's a twofer. It's like a punch, a two, a two hit punch. One, we, we are reminded that Brad Pitt is an asshole. And two, that Brad has nothing to do with Zahara. You know, that Angelina right. is there and the other kids are there. So that's what I think is happening. Again, right. speculation. No, well, I mean, listen, the headline with Zahara was that she dropped the last name Pitt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. So you're right. it's like, that's just right in our face. I think it would be remiss if we didn't mention the airplane incident, because I yeah. think that whatever happened on that airplane did resonate with some fans. And, you know, I've had people in my DMs calling Brad Pitt an abuser. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I happen to say something or repeat like th- this statement, I just read something negative about Angelina. I've been called like an abuser, you know, apologist or whatever. And I, we don't know what happened on that plane is my point. But whatever did happen on that plane, I think has something to do and I'm just speculating um with whatever was going through uh, or going on in his life and substances at that point yes and I think that he's made steps since then to rectify that type of behavior 
and a chance of that type of behavior behavior happening in the future. So yeah. in a case like yeah. that, do we still vilify him for a, a horrible incident like whatever happened on that airplane? Or do we look at him and say, this is somebody who's trying to improve and better themselves as a person? Yeah. And, and really, when it comes you know, to reputation, it doesn't matter if it's in the public or if it's you know, someone uh, who's private, you know, everybody deserves a second chance. And I think you're absolutely correct. Whether it was framed that way there. It just really feels there was some truth, especially because I mean, the federal government was federal agents were involved. So like clearly he was out of control and it, and it appears, you know, from reports that there was, you know, abuse involved, you know, whether it was Angeline, I think he's, he shoved her in the bathroom and then he did something physical allegedly, you know, against uh, PAX, I believe. So something broke down there that made their, you know, their relation, their relationship untenable, you know, at that point. But, what Brad's doing in terms of framing or reframing himself his rehabilitation, it made it easy for him. He just says, I'm clean now. You know, I got the right. help and I'm clean. So it's really difficult for Angela or Angela, Angelina <laughs> to keep hitting him with that same negative story because right. now, so she's now he's quote unquote else. clean. So that's why I think we're starting to get these types of stories that are unearthed, you know, from 2020 as a reminder of what he was. Right. That's mm -hmm. such a good point. So what would Brad's move be at this point to see something like this? Yeah, I think, well, it's a great question. I think Brad's move is going to be what Brad has been doing this entire time. He's very selective about where he appears, what he says, and what he's attached to. He's trying to stay out of the fray. Like, clearly, that is their strategy. Stay out of the fray, but be involved enough that people don't forget you or you look like you're hiding or you know that you're just running from something he's still out there he's still in the public but it it clearly is making angelina jolie crazy that he is still coming out somewhat clean and all this so i think that's why we're seeing some of these kind of machinations happening now behind the scenes that are coming to light okay ferris we're about to talk about one of my favorite things do you know what it is Oh, girl. <laughs> I know. It starts with a capital D. Yeah. That's DoorDash. <laughs> Did you know you can order alcohol on DoorDash? You can? <laughs> yes. Yes, you can. And I love this about DoorDash, especially if I'm having company like on a Friday night or Thursday night and I'm working all day and I don't have time to run to the store or run to the liquor store. I can just order it on DoorDash. You can dash it. I can dash it. Don't have to leave. Can continue working. Continue in the newsroom. Mm -hmm. Never have to leave the newsroom, basically. Wow. So you can just like get that news out there at the same time as making sure your incoming guests are going to have the libations that they want. Exactly. Which is why I love DoorDash. It makes it so convenient, so seamless, so easy. I've never been let down by a DoorDash delivery. I mean, that's true. Ain't that the <laughs> truth. Beer, wine, mixers, mocktails. We love a mocktail. And more can be delivered straight to your door. So get your drinks in hand without lifting a finger with DoorDash. And use code DOYOU24 to get 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more on drinks through DoorDash. 
For eligible users only, terms apply. Must be 21 plus to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Delivery and promotions available only in select markets. Here on Do You, we do not like misleading info. That's why I do my best to be transparent with the most up-to-date intel on all of your favorite celebs. You can trust that I will never intentionally dupe you. Sadly, in life, we do have to deal with a lot of sneaky terms, annoying bill hikes, and exorbitant fees that we did not anticipate. We call that yada yada. Here on Do You, we do not like yada yada. Now, you could spend all of your time combing through contracts, or you could just skip the hassle and go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile, helping you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada. Never settle for less. I know I never do. And now that I don't have to worry about sneaky yada yada, I have time to dedicate my time to making the best content for you guys. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Let's also touch on his relationship with Enos, which I think is really interesting that articles like every two weeks or every three weeks will drop about their relationship. Now, I had heard in the beginning that they were serious, that they were on a path to, you know, perhaps engagement, perhaps living together, cohabitating. Um, But in the past couple months, I've been hearing a different story. I've been hearing that they aren't exclusive. Like I, I've 100% been hearing they aren't exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not necessarily together 24 seven. Like he does have his own life. He does do his own things, but we're still continuing to see the headlines that they're happier than ever that, you know, they're stronger than ever. They're so in love. Do you think now I have my own ideas. Do you think that that's coming from Brad's side or do you think that's to distract? Is that a distraction technique or do you think it's coming from Enos' side to keep her relevant. Oh, a hundred percent. I think, well, well, I think, you know, it's, it's public relations. It's a mutually beneficial relationship. Mm -hmm. Now she is, you know, now we, now we know Venus, she's in people magazine, but also the sources are all saying the same, they're painting the same narrative. We're happy that Brad's in a good place. He's so much happier now. They're super loving. Everything he is doing with her is to directly counter every claim that Angelina has made about him. Again, it all appears very strategic. Now, it doesn't mean, I mean, similar to Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, it doesn't mean it can't be real. It can, there's, you know, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. There is they can be both at the same time, but I firmly believe this is part of the strategy to paint him in that calmer, chiller, loving, you know, uh, brand, you know, that he was first associated with. Right. I mean, I know who Brad Pitt's publicist is or one of his publicists. And I feel like their strategy is usually just like 
no like not to say anything so that's why i asked you like i wonder like who is dropping these stories about him and enos because they don't ever they don't ever comment on his personal life yeah no they don't but you know sources can be anyone it could be directly it could be a publicist could be someone who works with a publicist could be a friend it could be a family member it could even be the celebrity themselves sometimes you know sources when you see the term sources say in a people magazine or a tmz it's very safe to assume it is someone who is close to the person and they have the person's blessing because it's part of a greater strategy. Correct. That is correct. I, I agree with you about people. TMZ, I think, uses the sources, um, say, term a little liberally. Like, oh, oh, 100%. People yes. magazine, I think. Transactional. Comes, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a million ways they can come up with it. But I, but definitely, right. though, they get into that same kind of people game where they work with teams and and they'll drop sources close to the star. You know, I mean, I use sources say all the time and, mm-hmm. you know, they're there's never... nothing wrong with it. You know, I mean, no, you have public- to say it. I mean, it's a publicity tool that can be used now. It's just up to the public whether or not they believe it. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I'll say, like, you know, or, or somehow my sources, when I say sources say people translate that to like and I've said I said this last week that like Casper the friendly ghost is like messaging me that it's like a totally anonymous (laughs) person that I don't know but I think it's like very important to say sources um is a way of keeping somebody anonymous but saying Mm -hmm. I I know this you're like legitimizing yeah but Molly's like yeah obviously but no you I need to like spell this out because Mm -hmm. people like don't understand what that means people don't know how to read the words that are put out by these publications. They don't really know how to read them. You are 100% correct. And I was writing the exact same words to a reporter yesterday about this very topic because sources in journalism, you know, if you're a journalist and you're writing a story, a source is your bloodline. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. how, I mean, that's your, that's how you get your, your information up many times on a story. So it depends on what the source is. A source could be on background. That still means though, that the reporter has vetted the person and it's usually like you said, it's because they need to remain anonymous and it could be for privacy. It could be for protection. Um, But when we get into the celebrity realm, we don't need three sources to verify a tip. We can just say, you know, it's said sources say because many times it is dropped. But yeah, like me and you, you're using it to cover a lot of different people, but it doesn't necessarily negate the validity of the source coming to you. Right. Sometimes I do say it three times because people never <laughs> believe what I say. So I if totally I know it's true, I have to be like, listen, I'm getting this from more than one person. So because sometimes, you know, it isn't someone that is like next of kin to a celebrity. Do you know what I'm saying? So sometimes you kind of need um, that validation. We were reading an article, I think, last month. And in the article, the publication literally said they numbered the source. Source number one said, do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah, source number two. And it went all the way up to six sources. Yeah. And somebody (laughs) messaged me and said, does does this, does this story really need six different sources? So was it an entertainment type story? Yes. Yes. I don't want to name the publication because I love them. But um, yes, they literally was like source number one, source number two, source number three. And it went up to like, and somebody caught on to it because even though I said most people don't know how to read the words, some people do. And I always try to help my readers read between read between the lines, because that's an important part of 
ingesting all of this celebrity content. You need to read between the lines. Right. Got to use right. your head. You got to use your head. And like, you know, I use blind items. I don't know if you use blind items, but legitimate publications can't use blind items. So they use other wordplay. Yes. To kind of make it like a fucking blind item. And you just need to know how to read between the lines. A hundred percent. You've got it. That's my little rant. Okay. Let's get into <laughs> let's get into the updates. We have a couple quick updates for everyone. Okay. Our first update is Sebastian Stan and Annabelle Wallace dating. Okay. Yeah. So they haven't been seen in a while. Everyone asks me every week, are they still dating? Um, I finally stopped ignoring your guys' questions question and asked, reached out. Um, a source says, here we go, Molly. A source says, um, that he's been in New York and LA and she's been in LA. So they haven't been together as much. I also want to point out that I don't know that they're hundred percent exclusive. Um, I don't know. And I'd have to go back and look at, uh, you know, different interviews that he's given and she's given, but I don't know if they ever refer to each other as boyfriend and girlfriend. I, yeah, I, I I haven't seen that. I haven't seen right. that at all. And just like, you know, Brad and Angelina, sometimes relationships, even though they're celebrity relationships, they're just like anybody else's relationship. You know, sometimes it gets murky, a little bit gray. Sometimes you don't know. So the sources say that's funny that you said that. That's a way of saying we're going to give you information because we really don't know the answer, too. So that's like a safe, neutral answer. You know, one, right. one's in one place, the other's in another place. Right. Well, I mean, you know, in full transparency, this person couldn't give a yes or no answer because I don't think they know for sure. Because like you said, relationships are, aren't always black and white. They're mm -hmm. complex. So maybe, you know, they're still hanging out, but they're not exclusive, mm -hmm. but yeah. you know, so I want people to understand that and not translate what I'm saying is into the fact that they're broken up and they hate each other because that will get translated out of this. Cause he also <laughs> has a very passionate fan base. Um, but they haven't been hanging out as much, which is probably why I haven't been getting many sightings of them. So if you have, recognize that you are correct. They haven't been hanging out as much. We don't know the exact reason why. Okay. Who's next? Bad Bunny and Kendall Jenner. Oh, okay. This is another one. Everyone's been asking what is going on. They were all over the place. And now it's like they haven't been spotted together in weeks. Um, somebody told me that they've heard that they've been drifting apart. And this comes from someone who's been around Kendall lately. It's been around. They're, Kendall they're, said they're drifting apart. Yes. Yes. Mm. So again, I don't want to translate that into a hundred percent breakup because we might see them, you know, walking out of Carbone next week. Relationships are complicated. Maybe they're just not hanging out as much, but it has been noticed. Um, this person says, quote, drifting apart. Somebody else messaged me and told me this is like third hand information and somebody was around Kendall and they people are going to love this. I don't know how 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 reliable this is. They heard her talking about Devin Booker. Now, Molly, I don't know if you're aware, but the Internet <laughs> is vying for Kendall and De Devin to get yes. back together. Yes. God knows why. I don't know why. Maybe because when the internet wants, the her. internet wants. <laughs> That's so true. Um, I think because, you know, people had such a strong reaction to her dating Bad Bunny. So maybe they're like, oh, you know, if we manifest her and Devin, she'll break up with Bad Bunny and get with Devin. Um, but yeah, have you been hearing anything about these two? Well, I don't know. Well, I get asked about them constantly. And whenever there is 
you know, a Jenner, a Kardashian or anyone in that world. I'm sorry. It's just the hat that I wear. It's what I do for a living. I'm always looking for the angle. So when I don't hear anything about them anymore, I'm always looking at the mutual beneficial part of the relationship that maybe they're just out of sync for the opportunity and the benefit. And again, it, there, it absolutely could be real and it could be there, but sometimes it just kind of runs, it, it runs its course. And people on the internet, like they love drama and they love something new. And, and when people are with new people, it generates buzz and increased visibility. So I'm sorry, that's just where my head always goes. So my, we're, I think we're in a, like a publicity cycle for Kendall, you know, like I think okay. maybe she just needs something new there. They did a whole ass Gucci campaign together. That seems like a pretty serious thing yeah. to drop and then, and then be like, all right, we're done. You know, what maybe I mean? it was just for that. But maybe, yeah, because maybe it's that. Maybe they just they were together just to do that because that's a big campaign. That's a big it was a campaign. huge campaign and it was really cool. And but now to me, it seems like it was inauthentic. Well, the, it, it makes sense, though, you know, based on what Molly's saying, though, like they needed those months together to build up the relationship, to build up the sincerity of it. Right for this to be appreciated. Well, I would imagine a me. campaign like that doesn't exactly happen overnight. I'm sure it was no, a couple yeah. months right. in the making. Of course, yeah. So, I, I mean, I do want to say that I don't think they got together for a Gucci campaign. I actually, mm-hmm. Demois was the, was the account who broke that they were seen making out together at Bird Street Lounge mm-hmm. um, in the corner in the dark corner of the club. (laughs) Um, And nobody believed me, of course. Um, But paparazzi caught their cars leaving, I think. If if I'm remembering this correctly, paparazzi caught their cars leaving and Kendall was ducking in the backseat and Bad Bunny's car, I think, had tinted windows. So this this is what I have to say about, and Molly, I I know you've talked about this, but this is what I have to say about like relationships that people say, are they for PR? This is how their relationship started. Why would they be hiding, you know, if 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 they got together for PR? Um, um, absolutely. And I know like when it comes to that PR conversation and I know like when stands get involved in that, when people are just have this fervor about their people and they don't want to, because when you hear a PR relationship, people immediately think of manipulation and that it's not real. Uh, and now we have our playbook, you know, with Taylor and Travis, obviously, but it, you can still have a relationship, like a normal relationship where you get together, you're, you're hooking up in a corner. Yeah. You don't want to be seen or photographed. Like that's a normal organic relationship. But when you're in the celebrity realm or when you're in the public eye, you're going to look for opportunities that your relationship brings you, you know, and that, you know, whether it's a campaign or whether it's buzz online, it's not manipulation, it's optimization. There's a difference. Um, Okay. I think that that's a really important point to make because people use the term PR relationship so loosely. Everyone thinks that they're a public relations expert. Everyone thinks that there's con- these contracts signed behind the scenes. And I agree with you 100% that these people get together and you know what? They might be set up. They might be set up by their managers. They mm-hmm. might be set up by mutual friends, but they get together because there is a mutual attraction attraction there. And then they will later exploit their relationship for fame. 
And you know what? I'd do the same fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> I well, I think exploiting is like the, the, the outer edges of it. But even in between, it's like they're just both going to leverage each other and the relationship and the fun that they have. Why not get brand Why deals? Not? Yeah, Why not right. get exactly. buzz? Why no, not? 100%. But let, let's say right now, this is the definition of what PR in a relationship means. A PR relationship, people think that these relationships are manufactured in, in like a factory and that they, <laughs> they like sign their names in blood and then they go out there on the scene and pretend to be a couple. That's what the general public's idea of a PR relationship is. Your definition is what it actually is. So people need to stop misdefining what a PR relationship is. Or find a different term because they all sound like fucking clowns. Oh, Everyone sounds from, like fucking clowns. Well, there's probably many operative definitions of it. You yes. know? Well, there yes. is. But the way Molly just described it is exactly what it is. And it's like there is a genuine attraction. These people are obviously having sexual relations. You know, like I don't think that Kendall Ooh. and Bad Bunny <laughs> are just like doing Gucci campaigns and then high fiving and then going home. Yeah. Um, Let the record show I would I would get into a relationship to be a part of a Gucci campaign. I'm just same, saying. Same. Yeah. same. <laughs> Sounds 100%. beneficial to all of us. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. Um, okay. What is next? All right. We have a Bobby Burke update. Okay. This is Ooh, very, Bobby. very, yeah. This is very, very quick. So Bobby Burke left Queer Eye. Uh, last week or two weeks ago, everyone wanted to know why. I talked about it last week in our podcast episode. Since that episode aired, somebody messaged me and told me that it wasn't necessarily his decision to leave. So read between the lines on that one. What have you heard, Molly? So I am so bummed a couple days ago because someone asked me about, you know, Bobby Burke and I wanted just to do a very quick TikTok because I love deconstructing public statements to look for the truth. And the truth was gl so glaringly obvious to me and I want and I didn't do it. So it's like a missed opportunity. So thank you, do for giving me the opportunity to say this. So when I read his statement on Instagram and it was the first that everyone heard that he was was leaving. What I extrapolated um, by meaning in the statement is when he said, you know, it's with a heavy heart that I announced that season eight will be my final season on Queer Eye. It's not been an easy decision to be at peace with, but a necessary one. That line, it's not been an easy decision to be at peace with. That is a line that says somebody told him that he, that this would be his final season. Um, but it's a necessary one. So I wanted to come out and say it. And I just, I just didn't get around to doing it. And then now we're starting to hear that he was because of the interaction with the, uh, with the cast and crew, allegedly. Yes. Read between the lines, people. That's, this is a perfect example because I didn't even realize until you just read the statement like that, that that's exactly what that means, mm -hmm. that it was not his decision to leave. Um, okay. Two more quick updates. What is the next one? Talking about how Travis met Taylor. Okay, yes. In yesterday's Wall Street Journal article, Travis Kelsey said that he had someone play Cupid between him and Taylor. Everyone is asking me who. Um, I heard that it wasn't just one person. I heard a couple people had their hand in playing Cupid between Travis and Taylor. But there is one person in particular, an actor. Hmm. Can you guess <gasps> who? 
Uh, you have to, yeah, give, give us oh, more clues. Any clues? No, I don't yeah. okay, know this. Um, so, so this actor, this actor loves football and he, he's actually a Phillies fan and he also. Bradley Cooper. No, but that's a good guess. Um, he also has a connection to Taylor. So that, there you go. That's how. W- w- wait a minute. Taylor. Okay. It's, it's an actor who's a Phillies fan. Is it yeah. someone from PA? Is it someone from Pennsylvania? An actor from Pennsylvania? I think he's from Philly. Yeah, I think this actor's from Philly. He's married. His wife is also on the scene. She's not an actress. I mean, I'm going to say who it is. Do you oh, want to just tell oh, you? Do it. Okay, Miles Teller. Oh, oh. I would not have come up with that yeah. one, but that's interesting. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, uh, Miles Teller and Kaylee were in Taylor's uh, music video. Oh, interesting. Yeah. so there yeah. it is. Yeah, I found it curious that Travis Kelsey would release it in this article. So that this has very delicately been delivered out to the public that there is an intermediary because that is not that is not based on like the podcast with his brother. That is not the framing in the story that we've been hearing. Exactly. I, I agree with you. People are very confused because. They're asking about the timeline and they're like, wait, did did Travis start talking to Taylor before he went to her concert? Yes, I think he did. I think that they were in touch before the concert. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they met very shortly after. It, it was it was this summer. I know that for a fact. It was this summer. Um, okay, and the last thing is about Harry Styles' shaved head. Fans are speculating that he shaved his head because he's going to be cast in season three of White Lotus. I just found out that production for White Lotus season three isn't supposed to start until at least February. So if you do the math by February, his shaved head will be half grown back. So I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that that's the reason that he shaved his head. Unless he's going bald. Oh, he's God. not going All right, bald. Let's not start those those theories. People think he's getting <laughs> hair plugs. People think he's going bald. Poor Harry. Yeah, poor Harry. Poor Harry. Poor Harry and his hair. Um, <laughs> but that's all we have for today. Molly, thank you so much for being here. I was so excited to speak with you. Thank you for shedding light on um, some pretty heavy topics this week. Tell everyone where they could find you. Oh, you can find me, of course, on TikTok at Molly B. McPherson. And my website is mollymcpherson.com. But you know what? I'm everywhere. Just look for the person, the PR lady sitting, going on and on about timing and celebrities. Okay, love it. Thank you so much. Thank and you, And I hope everyone has a nice holiday if you are celebrating Thanksgiving. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This has been a production of Cadence 13, an Odyssey studio. New episodes of Do You will air every Thursday. See you next week.